Welcome to Pastors Confidential. We're Michelle and Eric Waters, and we're two pastors, one podcast. On each episode, we'll be answering one of your questions about God, the Bible, faith, and life. We're so excited you're joining us. Hello, friends of Pastors Confidential. This is Michelle, and I am on my own for just a few moments here. Eric is going to be calling in from some airport somewhere. He's making like four stops today. It's not exactly easy to fly from Syracuse to San Antonio, and he also had to go through Pittsburgh for this board meeting. So that's what's happening. I think he left very early this morning, and he's coming in tonight like at 9. In the meantime, he's making a lot of stops. So he's going to call in. And we are going to discuss Psalm 23 today, which was Dee Dee's favorite verse. So that's going to be nice. But first, I just wanted to say uh, thank you for all your responses um, for this series. It's been really fun for us, and I'm glad you're enjoying it. And also, I just wanted to share, last week we covered the verses from Romans. And the day that we covered it, we got a letter in the mail from a friend and listener in Ohio named Holly. And she was just... um, telling us her favorite verse. It happened to be a Romans verse, and I'm not sure we're going to get back to Romans. So I just want to share what she said because I think it's really powerful. Anyway, she says, my favorite verse by far is Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And then she writes, this means so much to me. God didn't wait for us to get our act together or stop sinning. He met us where we were and showed his mighty love, even though we were still sinning against him. That is a powerful example for me, and one I think about when I'm choosing to forgive or love someone who has hurt me. Amen to that. I think that was very well said, and I don't need to say much more about it, but I thank you for bringing that in, and I wanted to include it as another favorite verse with our Romans um, verses. So today we are going to be talking about Psalm 23, which is a beloved psalm used at many, many funerals and other events, and a lot of people know it by heart, you might, but I just wanted to begin before we get Eric on the line here, I wanted to kind of show you, you know, what a different translation is or the importance of choosing a translation, right? You know, I I grew up with the RSV, and then I switched in college to the NIV, and I love the NIV. I've memorized so many verses in the NIV, but I think I've mentioned before on this that my Bible fell apart, and I really liked this um, She Reads Truth Bible, which is the CSB, but I really do not like its translation of um, Psalm 23. So I just, I'm going to read it to you just so you can hear the difference, and of course, part of the problem is that we've all you know, memorize Psalm 23 in in either like the King James or the NRSV or the NIV. And so this is very different. Why they chose to translate a best love uh, passage like this in a different way, I don't know. But I just wanted to kind of show you that as as just like when you're when you're um, picking a Bible, it might be good to just open up to a, a favorite scripture and kind of see the translation that might help you. But anyways, here's how they do Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. 
Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. So you can kind of see what I'm saying. For instance, just in that first verse, saying, I have what I need instead of I shall not want, or he lets me lay down in green pastures rather than he makes me lie down in green pastures. Those are pretty big, pretty big differences. Um, The point being just, you know, translators do the best they can. It's often very helpful to use different translations when you're studying a scripture. So you can kind of get the meaning of the verse better because different translations will bring out different emphases. And so it's always helpful to use more than one if you really, really want to get deeply into a verse. Okay, we've got Eric calling in. Are you there? I'm here. Hello. Welcome. Greetings from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Very nice. Okay, you might have to even talk louder. Well, maybe it's because I've got my earbuds in, but I think you're good. Okay, so you're in Pittsburgh, which is where you started out, right? That's right. Yeah, so I flew up to our seminary outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We had three days of board meetings there, very good board meetings, lots of exciting stuff will be happening at the seminary. And then after that, I uh, took a nice long uh, weekend up with my mom up in Syracuse, New York. Had a great three, four days up there with her. Great to see mom again. And now I'm back to Pittsburgh to pick up my flight uh, back home to San Antonio and to see the love of my life. Oh, very nice, very nice. Yes, it's been a long time. Uh, six days or seven days you've been gone? Yeah, yeah, they seem like 40 or 50. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, actually, remember, I was gone. That's what happened. I was gone for the weekend, and then we saw each other for a day, and then you left. So, yes, it's been a little while. Yeah, it, it's been a lot of a lot of churn in the water family for about two weeks. So I'm looking forward to getting home and just kind of being home and having everyone home for a while. So yeah, because the kids and I went to Austin on Saturday when you you know, and we got to see the UT game. Uh, yeah, how was that, by the way? It was very fun. It was fun. We were with some very crazy fans. The UT fans are very different than Ohio State fans. I don't know if it's just because right now they don't like their team <laughs> or what, but they like yell bad things to their own team, which I found strange. Oh, wow. Yes, they were calling them snowflakes all the time and you know, that it was like nothing like the good old days of Texas. So I don't know. We found it odd, but maybe it was just the section we were in. But we had a great time. Wow. Did you get to see uh, what Bevo, right? That's his name? Yes, on the screen. And we could see him. He, like, didn't come on the field. I don't know if he normally does. I don't know. It's new to us. But we definitely – he comes on the screen quite a bit. And then you, we saw him down in his little corral, cage. I don't know what you call it. Corral, probably, yeah. Okay. Wow. Yes, Matthew, Ellie, and Johnny and I, we, we ran out. Johnny had a great football game, got him in the car. We went up to Austin, had no problem, got there. Really fun, yeah, good time. Good, and you got a chance to see the campus too, right? I did, yes, so I did. Um, so Ellie's going to have a good four years there. It should be fun. Yeah, we're really excited and very proud of her to have been accepted in University of Texas. Yeah, so it's a good time. Okay, but now we need to get on to Psalm 23. I think I told you that we'd be talking about Psalm 23, one of the best love psalms of all times, right? Mm-hmm. Probably one of the best love yes. scriptures of all times. Absolutely. You know, funny story about Psalm 23. I, I remember in uh, CPE, which is Clinical Pastoral Education, that's where they teach you how to visit people in the hospitals and on sick calls and things like that. So I remember one of the things, one of the first things they taught us was now when you go and you visit people here on this, uh, this nursing home, nursing home ward, do not pray Psalm 23. 
because people think that something really bad is about to happen. <laughs> the psalm is always associated with funerals and grave signs. So they said, whatever you do, don't, don't, you know, don't lead them in Psalm 23 because they're going to think that the end is coming. Oh my goodness, I, I did not, written. I did not get that advice at CPE. So that's good. Uh, good to know. Yeah. Good to know. Okay, well, why is that? Why do you why do you think Psalm twenty three? I've already read it, by the way, to them. I read it through the CSB, and I talked a little bit about picking a translation. But um, why do you think Psalm twenty three is used at funerals so much? Well, because it begins with uh, walking through the valley of the shadow of death, mm. uh, beginning in a time of darkness, despair, grief, and then it ends being in the presence of God forever. And so, it's just a, it's a wonderful passage for uh, for the end of life which is why it would be used for funeral okay. or for time of sickness. Wonderful time, a wonderful passage for grief. So it's, it's mm-hmm. a great passage for that. Yeah. Of course, it, you know, it has a lot more to do with it than just that. I mean, it's not just a psalm about death and dying, uh, but that's probably how most of us know it. Exactly, yeah, that's true. Um, so it begins with, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, right? And I talked a little bit about how in my translation it says, He lets me lie down in green pastures. But really, the normal translation, He makes me lie down in green pastures. Right. Yeah, so the Lord is my shepherd. And one of the, one of the things that He does is he, he makes us do these things. You know, we're not always willing. I mean, sheep, uh, I haven't spent a lot of time around sheep, but from what I understand, they can't have a will of their own. And so, and so do we sometimes. You know, sometimes God wants to give us rest, and we fight against Him. Uh, we kick against the goads, as Paul puts it. So God makes us lie down in green pastures. He leads us to still waters. He can't make us drink, but He leads us mm-hmm. because He seeks to restore our soul. And the problem is sometimes we don't want our souls restored. You know, we're we're too busy, or we think we're too busy uh, to take a little time of rest and refreshment. Right. And now, at, in this day and age, we're in a little. Um, different place, right? Because it's easy to preach on this in the hustle and bustle of regular modern life, right? Where he has to make you lie down because, you know, there's all sorts of stats about Americans don't take vacations and it's 24 seven culture and no one ever stops, you know, and then coronavirus hit. So, you know, we were all forced to lie down, I guess, forced to, to rest. And so now when we hear this, we probably hear it a little bit differently. We're probably like, okay, it's time for me to get up now, right? I think you're probably right that uh, the way we're hearing it now is different than we would have heard it just uh, a few months ago. Of course, I, you know, my context at the moment is really different because I'm like literally in an airport you yeah. know, uh, between flights here. So. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I've also heard um, there's a great book on this psalm called A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23, and it's by yeah. Yeah, W. Philip Keller. It's a classic. If you haven't read it, I'm sure it's like $5 on Amazon. It's a little book, an excellent book. And this man was a, both a shepherd of real sheep <laughs> um, in Africa, I believe, for quite some time. And so the same type of situation as the Middle East, um, basically, an Eastern shepherd. And he also was a pastor. So he kind of looks at it from both the shepherding ways. But anyways, at one point I remember about this making us lie down thing. He, he makes this point about how sheep will only lie down if like all their basic needs are met. So, you know, like for food and not a, and out of danger and you know, I don't know if it's shelter or free from parasites or whatever, but they have like these four needs that need to be covered before they'll lay down. And that's what he's saying. Like the good shepherd, he provides for all our needs. We shall not be in want. And therefore, you know, we can rest. We can kind of give it over to him and, and lie down in protection. I did not know that. Look at that. I'm going to teach you something today. I know. I, well, you always teach me something. <laughs> okay. No, I did not know that. 
Okay. Well, yeah, I thought that was interesting because, you know, it's just a, it's a point that we, we have to feel a certain, to be able to rest, we have to feel protected, I guess, in some ways. And that is our good shepherd. And that's what it means that we, we have a shepherd who provides for us. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I suppose in an odd way, I, I can testify to that in that uh, for about a year, year and a half now, I've, uh, my practice at night has been when I, go to, when, I, when I lay my head down on the pillow at night, uh, I always give God thanks for, for things that have happened that day. Um, and boy, I find that uh, when that happens, I'm able to sleep very well and very soundly. Okay. And the times where I, and the times where I don't do that, you know, the times where I don't go to bed with that, that daily discipline of mind, I find I don't sleep as well. And, you know, I'm, I get up the next day and I'm still kind of agitated. So yeah. I kind of experienced that myself, you mm-hmm. know, God being my shepherd and making me to lie down Yeah. Uh, in, in the green pastures. So, so. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so then it goes on to talk about, he, you know, leads me, well, mine says he leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. I think the regular one is he lead, he guides me on paths of righteousness. Righteousness. Yeah. Yep. For his name's sake. So what do you think that means? Well, you know, God has a path that he wants us to walk. Uh, and it's not only a path with him, so you could, you could look at paths of righteousness in, in two ways, I suppose. One would be that, you know, wherever God is, that's the right path. Okay. So wherever God leads us, you know, uh, He leads us uh, uh, in the path of righteousness, and so we follow where He leads. Uh, but then the other is that God has a way that we're supposed to walk through life. And, you know, so Psalm one talks about, uh, "Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, or stands in the way of sinners, and sits in the seat of scoffers, mm. but his delight is in the way of the Lord." And this idea that we that God has a path that we are supposed to walk down in life. Uh, when we walk on that, then then we know righteousness, we know peace, we know joy. When we stray from it, when we get off the path, either to the right or to the left, that's kind of when we get ourselves in trouble. Right. Um, so I, I've kind of always seen it that way. Right. And and I think, well, I think then the key phrase at the end is for his name's sake, right? It's not like we're not walking on the right paths for us or for our glory, but it's actually for him. Yeah. And I guess yeah, that's true of a shepherd too, right? Because the sheep kind of bring him glory, I guess, if his pastures are good and his sheep are well-tended and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the sheep are well-tended mm-hmm. and yeah. Okay, that's so go ahead. That. No, no, that's good. I was just uh, watching the state troopers walk by, hoping they don't fly in the ground. Oh, yeah. I mean, speaking of walking through the valley of the shadow of death, tell them about how it's so different in <laughs> in New York. You were in New York. The valley of the shadow of New York City. Yes. So, uh, so this is the fifth airport I think I've been in mm-hmm. the last four days or five, five, six days. Uh, and flying from uh, flying into Syracuse, I, it was kind of like going into a foreign country. Honestly, you had to you had to fill out an eight-page form, eight-page form, kind of like you do, you know, in customs. Yeah. You had to fill out an eight-page form, giving your name date of birth, address, phone numbers, where you're going to go, where you've been, all that kind of stuff. Wow. And then when we got off the plane in Syracuse, there were uniformed uh, army officers there, probably National Guard. Okay. And they weren't armed. They were very polite. So, you know, I'm, I'm not talking about them, but just it was shocking. I mean, you walk off the plane. Yeah. And there's these three uniformed uh, officers, and they it's like a checkpoint. You had to prove that you had that form signed out or they wouldn't let you go through. Right. And didn't they kind of trace you? Didn't they kind of follow you around on your phone? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you you fill out this form uh, and I I got through, which is good. Um, 
Well, in the, the speak of the devil, actually, they're, they're beeping here on the other line. <laughs> they're uh, calling yeah, you. So, uh, I don't know if you can hear that, but they just beeped again. No, I can't. Uh, but yeah, and so you, you, you give them uh, your cell phone number, and then they called me, and they had led me through this whole battery of questions, and they said, well, you know, you've been in Texas, and that's a hot spot, and mm-hmm. you know, you're allowed to stay here in, in New York, but I... You know, you have to stay in your mother's house. You have to stay in your own bathroom. Oh, my. Uh, you have to stay in your own bedroom. You're not allowed to eat meals with them. They have to bring meals to you in the bedroom. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you're not allowed to leave the home. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Absolutely crazy. Wow. Uh, well, so, of course, hmm. you know, you answer all those questions, and then they say, now, now Mr. Waters, you know, you're, uh, you're on a 14-day quarantine, and so we're going to text you every day, uh, and that's what they've been doing. Every day they text me. They texted me three times yesterday uh, to just... Well, it's interesting. Yeah, and we'll get back right away to the psalm. But that's it's interesting that just at this election time, just the different states, how they're handling this. I mean, it's like, like you said, it's like a different country. Oh, it is. You know, I I had seen that on the news reports. Yeah. And of course, in speaking with my mom, I I kind of picked it up from her conversation. But then to actually be here, I mean, to to being in New York. Yeah. And... (laughs) you know, be tracked by the states just for coming in. It's right. like, this is unbelievable. Right. Uh, I, was, I was not in the slightest bit happy with that. But, no. You so, know, so it wasn't exactly a... Yes, it was worth it to visit your mom. But it wasn't exactly a valley of the shadow of death. But um, yeah. this psalm is telling us when we are going through those dark times in our lives, we can fear no evil because God is with us, right? And he guides us. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's the key point in the psalm, I think it's in verse 5 as I remember, uh, but the first three are in the third person. Um, the Lord is with me, I shall not be in want. He makes me to lie down. Uh, he leads me beside the waters. All of a sudden it switches. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for you are with me. Yes. Your rod and your staff yes. accompany me. That's verse 4. So suddenly it, it switches from talking about God as someone over there to talking to God. Nice. Live by your side. Mm-hmm. So it's a beautiful, beautiful little poetic flip in the middle of the song. Yeah, true. And he guides us with his rod and his staff. And if I remember, there's something a little different. Like one is kind of for, with the sheep, one is sort of for more guidance and one is more for reprimand, I think, something like that. Yeah. Well, you know, there's, there's different commentators about it. And so one would say that the rod, how does it go? Uh, that the staff would be the shepherd's staff used to get himself around and the rod is used to like, you know, pull sheep back from the precipice and beat up on wolves when they come. Right, and yeah. Says, well, no, it's just typical Hebrew parallelism. You know, they right. they repeat themselves a lot. Exactly. By rod and by staff. Right. But who knows? Who knows? And then it goes on to talk about, you know, preparing a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. That's verse 5. Mm-hmm. Verse 5. Yeah, that's a great passage, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So this anointing my head with oil, what is that? Well, the anointing of the head with oil is uh, is a sign of overflowing, uh, overflowing abundance. Yeah, you know, God is not only does our cup overflow, but then God pours Himself out upon us. Yes, and of course, anointing the head is what in the Old Testament. That's how God chose prophets, priests, and kings. Right. And so Aaron the priest was consecrated in his office by anointing. David the king uh, was consecrated in his office by anointing, mm-hmm. uh, and the prophets were all chosen uh, by their anointing too. Yeah. So, what the psalm is saying is that as God has done for these great heroes of faith in this world, so will God do for us at the end of time for each and every one of us. Oh, wow. And yeah. we also are, are anointed. 
Right. And if you remember, um, this, this kind of, it's a symbol of sort of lavish generosity. And if you remember from the Gospels, you know, in all the Gospels, it talks about this woman who came and poured oil, expensive oil on Jesus's feet, and the disciples got all upset about it because it was like too generous. It was like too graceful, right? Yeah, and then there's another psalm, I think it's 130-something, I think 120-something, it talks about, it's like oil running down upon the upon oh. the head of Aaron and upon the, upon the beard and the collar of his robe. Yes. This, this, uh, this image of just a super abundance of God's blessing pouring out upon us. Right. So it's great. Yes, it's beautiful. Okay. And that's all experience. I mean, that's what God has laid up for those who love him. Yes. And we walk through this valley of shadow, and there are good times and bad. Mm-hmm. There are times of rest, uh, but there are also times of crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that God's promise is that at the end of it, we will be with Him. Right? We will be in the house of the Lord forever, and He will just lavish us with His love. Right. Yeah, that's the way it ends. We'll end with that. It ends with being in the house of the Lord forever, right? My translation says, only goodness and faithful love will pursue me. I don't love that part, but what is it really? The surely goodness and mercy will follow mercy me. shall follow me all the days of my life. Right, I like that more. Yes. Yeah. And there's another one of those parallelisms. Not only goodness, but goodness and mercy. Oh, yeah. Uh, and those are you know, two things set in parallel to each other. It's a way that the Hebrew has of emphasizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's a beautiful psalm. We don't have the best of connections, so I'm not going to belabor it too much. And I also know you need to eat your lunch. <laughs> but um, but I do recommend this book, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. If you haven't read it, you could read it in an afternoon and you would love it. Um, it's a beautiful psalm. We thank Dee Dee for sending that one in as her favorite. And yeah. um, is there anything else you yeah, want to say? I'll, yeah, I would say, you know, uh, uh, as you all know, I love to memorize scripture. And this is, let, let me challenge you. Uh, if you don't already have this memorized, I challenge you to memorize Psalm 23 in yes. your favorite version. Yes. Um, you know, mine is the ESV, but uh, do it in your favorite version. Just memorize Psalm 23 because it's short, sweet, to the point. Uh, it's beautifully structured, so it's easy to make sense of. Mm-hmm. And it's one that you know and everybody else knows. So exactly. people to do that. Yeah, and it can help you when you need a, something to draw upon if you're in a hard time. Mm-hmm. Good. Okay, well, I hope you... Where are you going next? Charlotte or something? No, you're in Charlotte. No. Yes, yeah, so now I'm in Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. And then from Pittsburgh, I fly to Charlotte, and then from Charlotte back to Texas. Okay. San Antonio. San Antonio. So I will pick you up at the airport later. I will see you tonight. Okay, you have safe travels, and we will talk to you later. Thanks, Bob. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.